We inform. Religious freedom is about people of faith being able to live out their faith, live out their convictions, no matter where they are. We equip. This is a battle of worldviews. And we activate. We also rejoice in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character hope. This is AFA at the Core on American Family Radio. Welcome to AFA at the Core with Walker Wildman. Rick Green filling in for Walker today. I'm America's Constitution Coach. You can learn more at Patriot Academy. Dot com. That's patriotacademy.com. Hope you'll check things out there and get on board with us. We're we're looking to have a constitution coach in every community across America. That could be you. You could be the catalyst for a restoration of biblical values and constitutional principles. We're over 10,000 strong now, 10,000 constitution coaches hosting classes in their living rooms, in their churches, in their local libraries, wherever they can get people together to dive into those foundational principles and restore liberty in our nation. You know, I recognize there's a lot of bad happening in the country, but here's the good news. The more that happens, the more the enemy means for evil, God turns it to good. And I am seeing millions, not not just a handful here and there, millions of Americans waking up, millions of Bible-believing Americans, folks that are finally saying, hey, you uh, you know, we apply the Bible to everything else in our life, what about politics and government and how we form our neighborhoods and our schools and our education system and how we treat each other, our health care, all of those things? Does the Bible have anything to say about that? Does it have anything to say about taxes? Does it have anything to say about inheritance? Does it have anything to say about any of those things? Absolutely, it does. There's not a single issue you can think of that the Bible doesn't address. And so we're seeing people wake up across the nation and begin to look for that wisdom in God's word and let it inform their positions on everything that's going on in the culture. So be encouraged. I I, I don't want to be one of these doomsdayers that just, you know, talks about all the bad stuff going on in the country. I want to be eyes wide open and say, hey, we've got big challenges. There's no question. There's a large number of people in our country that are trying to take us down the road, frankly, to communism. It's not just socialism. It is literally communism. There is a Marxist agenda that is being brought forth in in the American culture. And frankly, all through the culture and education and entertainment, unfortunately, even in the pulpit. So that's real. That's happening. But rather than looking at that and going, oh, it's too big. The giants are too big. We couldn't possibly take the land. You remember those 10 guys, right? The 10 spies that came back from the promised land. And they said, oh, man, it's beautiful. But whew, too hard. Fortified cities, big old giants. There's no way we could win. They depressed the people and an entire generation had to die in the wilderness. Let's not be like that. Let's be like Joshua and Caleb, who saw the same things, right? Saw all the incredible milk and honey, all the amazing blessings, the fruitful land, but also saw the giants in the land, also saw the fortified cities. And their response was, yep, huge giants. Yep, big, big fortified cities. Looks very difficult, unlike anything we've ever seen. But God has given us the land. Let's go take it. That's got to be our attitude in America. God has given us an amazing nation. Incredible, incredible foundation here in America. Principles found in the Declaration of Independence that led to the greatest, most powerful, most free, most benevolent nation in history. Principles that said there are truths. Think about that. We hold these truths to be self-evident. Now that right there, we could spend the whole day just on that line because we have bought into moral relativism in the American culture, exactly the opposite of what our founding document says. Our founding document, these guys got together and said, no, there's a right and wrong. There are moral absolutes that don't change. We hold these 
truths to be self-evident. What kind of truths? The idea that we are created equal, that it doesn't matter where you come from, what your religion is, what the color of your skin is. We are created equal and that God has given us our freedom and given us our rights, not government. The government's not the source of your freedom of religion or your freedom of speech or your right to keep and bear arms or your law of self-defense or anything. Government doesn't give you any of those things. Government's job is to protect them. That's why they said we're endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights, and among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. That to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men, deriving their just powers from the consent of the governed. Last night, I had a group of several hundred people with me out in uh, in Nevada. I'm here doing one of our constitutional defense courses. I was here Monday when we did the show. We, we had a whole week here. Monday, we had a group of a couple hundred people. Now we got another couple hundred people that joined us last night. And, and, and that was one of our topics last night. We talked about enumerated powers, limited powers of government that come only from the people. Our constitution is designed so that the only power of the federal government comes from us. And it's listed. It's on paper. It's enumerated. It's, it's, it's right there in black and white. You can read it. And yet we've allowed the Supreme Court to open up the bucket of enumerated powers, take that lid off that has a lock. And actually the key belongs to you and to me, we the people, not to these judges. And yet we've allowed them for almost 80 years now to open that lid and just add power after power after power and allow the federal government to grow and grow and grow and do things that aren't in black and white, that aren't in the Constitution, that are not enumerated. We've allowed them to grow without permission from we, the people. We're the ones in charge. Their only just power, the Declaration says, as we just quoted, comes from us. And so the good news is, as they have gained all this new power, as they have really pushed the envelope too far, it has awakened the American people. And I think it it probably is best uh, I guess the best example is is this this federal mandate on on vaccines, telling private employers you're going to have to fire your employees if they don't get vaccinated, and you know all this massive overreach. Nothing in the Constitution that gives the federal government any say on any of this. And so for President Biden to do that, it, it just wow, it just was like a a wake up call. I mean, splashing water on the face of the American people, and now people that in, in this classroom last night, I could tell. I mean, people that have never been involved before, never thought about the Constitution or the Declaration or the role of government or what the Bible says about government, all of a sudden are raising their hand and going, "Can government do this? What is the proper role of government? Who has authority over my body? Who has authority to to tell me what I have to do?" with my body. Does government have that? Does the church have that? Does the family have that? Does the individual? Where is the authority? The big, you know, two-word question we talked about Monday. Who decides? That's, that's the question we got to ask with every single policy. So all of that to say, the bad news, Marxists are gaining ground in America. The good news, it has awakened the sleeping giant. And good people are getting involved for the first time in their lives. And frankly, they, you know, I mean, I, I, we could blame ourselves for sure and say, hey, we were on the sidelines for too long. It's kind of hard to get in the fight whenever you're enjoying freedom. You know, when you've got the blessings of liberty and you got a you know, good job, your family, uh, you got little league to coach, you got church activities and Bible studies and just stuff going on, right, all week long. And, and, and you're enjoying living in a free land. And that's been our story for the last 50, 60 years. We've just been so blessed with so little difficulty and trial um, and, 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 and things to make us really question what we believe or, or who's in charge. So we, we haven't had a lot of that. And, and, and so we've been spoiled and we've just kind of been on the sidelines. Well, not anymore, folks. 
Not anymore. Now we've been awakened. And folks are coming out of the woodwork to get involved. And I'm, I'm excited about that, actually. I was real excited to see this group last night here with us in, in, uh, in Nevada. And I mean, I'm talking young and old. I mean, uh, people from all over the country, all walks of life. It's just kind of cool to see. And, and even as the other group we had wrapping up and they were headed home. And I had told them the first night, I said, when you walk out that door for the last time, uh, I want you walking out of here with a, a bit of a burden. I, I want you to have recognized that if we're going to save liberty, if we're going to restore the Constitutional Republic of America, it's up to you. You have to get involved. And I'm, I'm going to say the same thing to you, the listeners today. If you want to be able to pass freedom to your kids and your grandkids and your great grandkids, if you want to if you want to make sure the torch of freedom is burning bright when you pass it to the next generation, you got to do something. It's up to you. John Hancock, president of the Continental Congress, where they gave us the Declaration of Independence and one of the major financiers of the revolution, he said, I urge you by all that is dear, by all that is sacred, by all that is honorable, not only to pray, but to act. We got to do both, folks. We got to be involved. All right, let me catch up on a couple of things that have happened uh, this week, just a couple of kind of acknowledgements of, of, of big news items. And then when we come back from our break a little later, we'd love for you to call in and share your thoughts, your comments, and your questions. You can do that at the 888-589-8840 number. So call in to 888-589-8840. Two things I want to address before the break. Number one, I just always have to (laughs) rant a little bit about the COVID mania uh, because it's just, well, it's on everybody's mind. I I, I mean, I I I don't think there's anybody listening right now that hasn't thought about COVID this week. In some way, it's affecting your life. It's not so much that COVID is affecting your life, it's government's overreaction to COVID that is affecting your life. And this COVID mania, you know, started as a real problem. It's a real virus. It does kill very small percentage, but it does uh, does kill just like other viruses that we've dealt with all throughout our history. We've never done what we're doing now in terms of the overreaction though. And, and it just feels like we're rats in a cage. I mean, we're on the wheel spinning as fast as we can and it's not getting us anywhere, but it sure is wearing us down. Uh, I was glad to see that the World Health Organization actually said there is no evidence that these boosters, these vaccine boosters, help healthy people. So finally, we're getting some truth coming instead of just the one mantra line, the government you know, uh, ma- mandates and the, and the government line that the only thing that will save you is the vaccine. And anybody that doesn't get the vaccine is an idiot and, and, and stupid and, 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 and anti-vax and all this you know, nonsense that, 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 they, that they say. Absolutely ignoring natural immunity, absolutely ignoring all the science and the data. So I was glad to see the WHO actually give us a piece of of data and information, at least to cause people to do the old cost-benefit analysis. We used to do that with everything, right? You say, okay, all right, um, doc says I need to lose, you know, 30 pounds uh, or I'm at risk of of heart attack or, or, or diabetes or whatever it might be. And so, you know, you do the cost, you're driving home, you do the cost-benefit analysis. Okay, all right, so I, I know the cost. The cost, if I if I don't lose the 30 pounds, if I, if I don't start eating right and do some exercise and um, make some lifestyle uh, choices, the cost could be death. I mean, I could die from a heart attack or or a or, or major lifestyle change, could I have a stroke, whatever it might be. So the benefit, if I if I if I put in the cost of the hard work of working out and changing my eating, giving up the pleasure of some of the things I like to eat or whatever, the benefit of that though could be, you know, more years with my my wife and with my kids and my and my grandkids or maybe even my great grandkids. So it's going to cost me. I'm going to have to I'm going to change some things in my lifestyle. But the benefit's huge. That's a cost benefit analysis. We used to do that with every decision. Doc says you got to get a medical procedure. You know they want to put you under for the knife or they want you to take a particular pill. I mean even when they give you a prescription, 
there's a cost-benefit analysis. There's risk with everything you put in your body, and there's benefits, hopefully, to those things. And so we used to weigh that. <laughs> We're not doing that with COVID. Everybody's just bowing and doing whatever the government says to do without doing the cost-benefit analysis. So thank you to the World Health Organization for actually mentioning um, some of the information that helps us to make a good analysis. Um, I, I will say there's uh, some crazy stuff going on. Nevada has now become the first state to require a surcharge on the unvaxxed, $650 surcharge for those uh, state employees if they're unvaxxed. Delta Airlines charges a $1,200 surcharge on health insurance to those who aren't vaxxed with zero evidence that the unvaxxed cost any more in healthcare than the vaxxed. Now think about that. So that's that's being in the rat cage, right? It, right? That's just that's just spinning, 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 not thinking about it and not weighing it. In fact, honestly, all the evidence, including studies as large as seven hundred fifty thousand people, says the unvaxed with natural immunity who have had COVID, they're less of a risk and less costly to the insurance company than the vaxed. So maybe the surcharge is going to the wrong people. But here's the good news: uh, Biden and the rest of the COVID cult—they've been handed some major defeats over the last couple of weeks. Employer mandate was shot down at the Fifth Circuit and OSHA backed off for now. Federal contractor mandate shot down by a federal court. Healthcare worker mandate shot down by a federal court. Half the states have sued the Biden administration over this. And the best news of all, Joe Manchin uh, has joined this effort uh, to review the OSHA mandate, and and this is a this is something that was passed back when Newt Gingrich and the and the Republicans took over in, in the '90s. And it gives Congress basically an automatic review, if they want, of a of a costly regulation that gets put in place by the you know some agency, and that's exactly what's happened with this OSHA mandate. And so Congress is going to review this, and they may they may say no. And and if Joe Manchin sides with the Republicans, I think there's a really good chance that they'll say no. Uh, so it could be very very interesting on that front. When we come back from the break, I want to talk about some of the smart Democrats out there that are bailing off the sinking ship that is Biden and Harris. Not trying to be pick sides here. I'm just stating the facts for you. Biden's at, what, 38%? Yeah, and Harris, 28%. We got a Texas state rep that's switched. D.C. mayor spokesman has switched. Uh, so it's kind of interesting what's happening, folks. There's a shift. There's a movement in the country. I think liberty just may win after all. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be back in just a moment. Make your calls to 888-589-8840. I'm Rick Green, America's Constitution Coach, filling in for Walker Wildman here on AFA at the Core. He who walks with wise men will be wise, but the companion of fools will suffer harm. My name is Abraham Hamilton III, and this is the Hamilton Minute. When my wife and I first started having children, we discouraged our family members from speaking to them in baby talk. You know, the gaga Google stuff. The reason was simple. We wanted our children to speak English well. Baby talk would hinder that development. The same principle applies to spiritual development. If we want our children to be wise disciples of our Lord, we should ask ourselves how much of their time is spent investing in spiritual maturity. Protracted time in the company of spiritual baby talkers will inevitably cause harm. Listen each weekday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for The Hamilton Corner or visit the podcast page at AFR.net. For more from Abraham Hamilton III, public policy analyst for the American Family Association.
This is Raising Godly Girls Minute with Patty Garibay of American Heritage Girls. Have you ever heard the term spiritual amnesia? It's defined as forgetting what God has done for you, becoming bogged down by the difficulties of life. Your daughter may at times have spiritual amnesia. Perhaps she's overwhelmed with schoolwork and can't remember a time when she wasn't. Maybe she struggles to make new friends and can't recall anyone ever being there for her. Psalms reminds us to praise the Lord and forget not all his benefits. Help your girl keep God's goodness at the top of her mind with a blessings jar. She can fill the jar each day by writing one way God has blessed her. Once the jar is filled, encourage her to read each blessing and remember God's faithfulness. We are all called to raise up the next generation of Christian leaders. You can learn more about empowering girls through the love of God at RaisingGodlyGirls.com. So right now may be the perfect time for you to rethink how you pay for health care. And here's why. Not only is it time for open enrollment for a lot of people, it's also when you can join MediShare and save even more than usual. For the typical family, switching to MediShare saves about $500 a month, which is a game changer for a lot of people. And what's more, they like it. MediShare has double the customer satisfaction rate when compared to health insurance. Double. It really is remarkable. There's more than 400,000 members now who have shared more than $4 billion in medical bills, so they can handle your bills too. And here's the thing. If you join before December 15th, they'll waive your new member fee. So that's another $170 you'll save. I'll give you the number here in a second, but call and you'll get a price within two minutes. And again, the deadline, December 15th. So call now and you'll save even more. Call 833-44-BIBLE. That's 833-44-BIBLE. 833-44-BIBLE. AFA at the Core podcast are available at AFR.net. Back to AFA at the Core on American Family Radio. Welcome back to AFA at the Core. I'm Rick Green, America's Constitution Coach, filling in for Walker Wildman. And you can call in to join me today at 888-589-8840. As we were going to the break, I was mentioning there's a lot of a lot of smart Dems that are uh, bailing off the sinking ship that is Biden-Harris. He's at about 38%. She's at 28%. Uh, let me just read you a couple of these statements. This is a, this is a state rep down in, in Texas, actually South Texas, um, that just switched to Republican. Uh, to, he's uh, Ryan Guillen. He said, friends, something is happening in South Texas, and many of us are waking up to the fact that the values of those in Washington, D.C. Now, this is a lifelong Democrat, folks. This is a lifelong Democrat serving in the Texas legislature. He said, the fact that the values of those in Washington, D.C. are not our values, not the values of most Texans. The ideology of defunding the police, of destroying the oil and gas industry and the chaos at our border is disastrous for those of us who live here in South Texas. That's Representative uh, Ryan Guillen, lifelong Democrat, just switched to the Republican Party uh, and is going to run as a Republican this year in uh, what has been a, a Democrat district, I think, <laughs> most of my life, uh, for sure. And and that caught my attention uh, because the D.C. mayor, uh, definitely a Democrat stronghold, the D.C. mayor's former spokesman has also switched. And I thought I thought what he said on Tucker Carlson was was quite interesting. His name is Victor Jimenez. Uh, he said the reason I switched parties is because of everything that's going on. In the country right now, we see immigration through the roof right now, and that is affecting a lot of Hispanic families in my home state of Virginia, and those are people who are already struggling with making ends meet. 
Um, you know, Tucker Carlson uh, asked him, you know, is this unusual? Uh, you know, normally anyone who speaks Spanish is for open borders is what people tend to think. They assume that. And this Jimenez guy says, no, look, being Hispanic and black, I should be Democrat by default. But I am going against their narrative. And I feel like right now everything is crumbling for the Democrats. Uh, I feel like in 2022, we're going to see even more of what happened in Virginia. So really interesting uh, what's happening. And I, and, and I think that's happened a lot also with the life issue. You know, there used to be when I was in the legislature 20 years ago in Texas, you had pro-life Democrats and, and there were only a few, but there were some. And man, that has become a rare, <laughs> rare person to find these days um, as, you know, honestly, both parties have kind of have kind of moved out. Uh, further to the right on the Republican side, which I frankly think is good, the more conservative and the more constitutional and more biblical you get, the better. Um, and then the Democrat Party has moved further and further to the left, buying more and more into Marxist philosophy. And so it's kind of forced people in the middle to make a decision and say, which, you know, which which worldview am I going to buy into? Do I think it's OK to kill a baby right up until birth? And in some cases, some, some of these Democrats want to you to be able to kill that baby after birth. That's not an exaggeration. That's that's a, a infant born alive um, debate that has been going on for quite some time. And it's where they uh, botched abortion or something happens and that baby is born and could survive. And they still think you should be able to kill that baby. So, there, I mean, there's a big, big difference in philosophies. And it's it's causing people that have kind of, you know, been riding the fence uh, to have to to make some decisions. So I just I find that really, really interesting and potentially very good. Uh, last thing I'll say, and then we'll jump to uh, to the callers. Um, I was talking about the COVID you know, mandates and, and, and COVID mania out there. Um, I, and I thought this was interesting. The Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals, which was where one of the first big victories came and, and caused OSHA to back off on this on this, uh, you know, employee, uh, employee, employers of 100 or more uh, for now, anyway, at least back off for, for while it's being heard all the way through the courts. Anyway, the Fifth Circuit said this. They they referenced Joe Biden's statement that that his patience was was running thin with with those who would not get vaccinated because, you know, people that think for themselves, they don't want you to do that. Um, anyway, the judge that wrote this opinion, Kurt Engelhart on the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals, he wrote that to protect our constitutional structure, the liberty of individuals to make intensely personal decisions according to their own convictions, even or perhaps particularly when those decisions frustrate government officials must be upheld. In other words, even though Joe Biden's frustrated that every person in the country is not falling lockstep with his narrative, this federal appellate judge said, um, guess what? That's what freedom's all about. It's more important to protect the constitutional structure, to protect the liberty of individuals to make these intensely personal decisions than it is to worry about whether or not the politicians are getting just a little bit frustrated. I thought that was a fantastic, fantastic comment. All right, we got a couple of callers uh, that we'll try to get to uh, in this segment. First one is Mary in the great state of Texas. Mary, what part of God's country are you calling from? Campbell, Texas. Campbell, Texas, in the house. Well, Mary, By thanks Greenville. for calling in today. What's your what's your question or comment? Go ahead. Okay, I want to know why the government has authority to exempt the pharmaceutical companies from being responsible, you know, people, we know people who have had vaccination and they have had reverse side effects. We know people who have died after being vaccinated, had a heart attack. I don't understand what's wrong with the government. It's like all this gluten and smashing. How come the businesses don't join together in a class action lawsuit and go 
at a civil lawsuit against all these legislatures, governors, and mayors, and sue them personally for the property loss. I don't understand what happened to the lawyers who were always, you know, what do they call it, an accident-chasing lawyer? Why aren't the lawyers yeah, amb- out to defend? Well, you know, Mary, both of your both of your subjects come back to the exact same thing, responsibility and accountability. And, and in both scenarios, once we once we once we fell into the moral relativism where anything goes and everything's okay and everybody has their own truth, that started chipping away at responsibility. And so when the federal government gives absolute immunity to these massive big pharma companies and says, what, whatever you do with this, 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 uh, this, you know, it, it's an experimental vaccine. I mean, there's no, no nice way to put it. It just is, um, you know, whatever damages come from that, no matter how many people are hurt or killed and, and no matter what, no matter how good of a vaccine, and I'm not anti-vax, I'm pro-vax if it's, you know, the science backs it up and it, and, and the cost benefit analysis makes sense. Um, it's been a wonderful, wonderful invention and saved millions and millions and millions of lives. But, there's always going to be some people that have a negative reaction to any vaccine. And they said it in this case and in other cases as well, you don't have to have, take responsibility for that, that you don't have to pay for that. You don't, any other product, if you, if you put a product on the market that harms someone and they sue you, you have to pay for the harm that your product caused to that person. And we have given blanket immunity to these big pharma companies. So why do we think they're going to tell the truth about you know what it can do and how it can hurt and, and why do we think they're, they would go the extra step to to make sure that it doesn't hurt as many people it was a horrible decision at the federal level and now thousands and thousands of people i mean even in the bear system we have 17,000 deaths that have been reported we stopped the swine flu in 1976 after 53 deaths 53 deaths why because the media did their job uh, um, uh, Wallace and and and, C- and CBS and all these other uh, you know sixty minutes and these other news shows they covered the horrific stories of the people that were that were neurologically damaged that died all those things and it caused people to make a common sense decision and stop that thing seventeen thousand deaths hundreds of thousands of negative reactions and we're not even telling people about it so you're right Mary there's a lack of responsibility we should not have exempted out the big farmer in that way that's a bad decision. Um, on their part. And then same thing with the destruction of our cities, the burning down of our cities, the the looting and the and the billions. I mean, people forget that there were billions and billions of dollars in damage last summer because of BLM and Antifa. And and we don't hold them accountable. So it's a lack of responsibility. Um, there's, a, there's a great, if, if you ever get a chance to visit Valley Forge, Pennsylvania, there's a great foundation there called Freedoms Foundation. It was started uh, Eisenhower helped us start it and some other folks back in the 50s. And the, the real reason was to to point out the difference between communism and Americanism. And, and the main that's that's when we put under God in the pledge. Also to point out the difference, the fact that our freedom comes from God, not from government. At any rate, this foundation has this wonderful monument, it's this huge monument that they built. And it's called the Bill of Responsibilities. And, and so not just the Bill of Rights, but the corresponding responsibilities that come with each of those rights. And Mary, that's what we're missing. We used to teach that. We've got to start teaching it again. We got to teach ourselves that. We got to teach our family. Got to teach our kids responsibility in every one of these situations, holding them accountable. As much as you love your kids, you can't just get them off the hook every time they do something wrong and say, don't worry, I'll take care of those consequences for you because they're guaranteed to do it again in that situation and not learn from that lesson. Responsibility comes with every right. We got to get back to that concept. Really good call, Mary. Thank you for calling in. Patricia is next from North Carolina. Patricia, what part of North Carolina are you calling from? 
I'm on the coast of North Carolina. All right. Well, thanks for calling in. What's on your mind today? Yes, a couple of weeks ago, I heard that you were allowing people to call in and talk about reactions they had to the the COVID vaccine. And it's not just the physical ramifications of taking this vaccine. It's the mental and psychological. I had always said I wasn't going to take it. And I broke down a cave in. I took it under duress because I thought I would lose my job, lose my income. And I have suffered ever since then. Mentally, physically, I can't sleep. I'm sick all the time. I have panic attacks. And this is not the person that I was two months ago. I was always the strong person. And I'm calling to tell people that if you do not want to take this vaccine, don't do it. Patricia, I appreciate your call. Would you mind if I prayed with you over the air right now? Please do, because I am so distressed about what I've done and I hear other people voicing the same concern. Please. Lord, I just lift Patricia up to you right now, Father. I just ask you to move in her mind and her body as only you can. I pray that you will heal any physical effects, Lord, whether from this vaccine or anything else. Uh, God, I just pray for complete healing in every cell in her body. And Lord, I just ask you mentally just to give her complete peace Lord, as only you can, Jehovah Shalom, just cover her in peace. Fill her with peace. Let her sleep soundly tonight, Lord, and let her know that you still have her in the palm of your hand, Father. And I just pray that she'll be able to move on from this, Lord, that she'll get help if that's needed psychologically and physically, Father, from any of the effects. But, Lord, that you will just fill her with peace so that she is not in any way affected by this decision, Lord, that physically she would be fine, you know, that that uh, that that emotionally and psychologically as well. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Patricia, listen, most people that get the vaccine, it doesn't have a bad effect on them. And so uh, if you are one of those that that's what's causing it, it could be just psychological and it could be that it's something from the vaccine. And so I would encourage you to get help, get good counsel, um, and, and I just pray that, that everything's going to be fine for you. And I, I agree with you 1000% that people should not feel bullied into making this decision that for some people, it's the right decision for a lot of people. It's not. And, and certainly for those who are not at high risk of negative reactions from the virus itself. So we encourage people to get good consultation, to study the data, figure out where you are. And as I said, at the top of the program, cost benefit analysis, everybody should be doing that. Patricia, thank you so much for that call. Kathy in Ohio is calling in. Kathy, how are you doing today, and what part of Ohio are you calling from? Ohio. Where in Ohio? Yes, ma'am. Did you say? And I'm right near Cleveland. All right. Well, what's on your mind today? Well, the same thing is that, you know, and I've thought about caving in as well, but I just, I just can't. I, I I just can't. And I hope that Patricia will be easy on herself too, not to yes. not to feel bad that she did, but, but that's right. Um, 
and I, I, I will keep her in my prayers. But the Amen. other thing is, is can I sue? Can I sue um, Biden? Uh, well, there's there's all kinds of suits against Biden right now. So yes, you could sue the federal government for uh, the mandate, and and you can, and I mean anybody can sue anybody. Let me say that generally, right? Uh, whether or not you'll end up having standing with the way the courts are kicking the suits out, um, you know, is is crazy. But I don't want to give legal advice on the program, so I don't know your particular scenario. Uh, but the general response is anybody can sue anybody. And certainly the federal government is violating the Constitution. And so we absolutely should have standing in federal court to stop the Constitution from being shredded by these folks. Under the Constitution, by saying and bullying me to try to get me to go and get this shot. And I'm I'm going to fight him back. And I, I don't really know where to start, you know, yeah. be, because... He is definitely violating my constitutional rights. Yeah, there's no question about it, Kathy. I, I'll give you a couple of, well, I'll give you one website that has links to several of these legal organizations at my website, patriotacademy.com forward slash COVID. So if you go to patriotacademy.com forward slash COVID, we have the links to help you get religious and, and medical exemptions. And then we have links to Liberty Council and Pacific Justice and these other fantastic legal organizations. And, and uh, I urge you to, to reach out to, out to them. And I, I want to follow up on something you said for Patricia, uh, to everybody that, that's listening, whether you've gotten the vaccine or not gotten the vaccine, don't let these people cause division between you and your family, people in your church, your loved ones, your friends. Stop letting them use the masks and the vaccines and the race and the CRT and all that stuff. That's a Marxist agenda to divide us. And don't let them cause you to feel guilty for getting the vaccine or not getting the vaccine. Whatever decision you have made, it's done and it's in the past. And, and if you didn't want to get it and you finally you know, felt bullied into it and finally did it, hey, God loves you. I love you. And nobody's making you feel you know, in any way less of an American or less of, uh, have less of your rights or any of those things. We all sometimes do things that we wish we hadn't done. And so I just pray for Patricia and others. Um, and for some people, the vaccine is the right decision and they're just fine after they got it. I was just reading Dana White, you know, he's fully vaccinated, but he still got COVID. Um, and uh, after having COVID, he, he uh, uh, got, you know, ivermectin. And within 24 hours, he says he feels like a million bucks. So for him, the vaccine was probably, you know, uh, potentially helpful along with ivermectin to make him better. So, yeah, and I want to apologize if I have said things that have made people feel like, they made a mistake and that they should feel bad about that. Don't do that at all. We're in this together. We're going to defeat these mandates together. We're going to get our freedom back. Let's make sure we're treating each other in that way. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. You're listening to AFA at the core. I'm Rick Green, America's Constitution coach, filling in for Walker Wildman today. Stay with us. What does the American Family Association stand for? AFA upholds the truth that all human beings, including the unborn, are created in the image of God and are worthy of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. These values and more are part of our mission to inform, equip, and activate individuals to strengthen the moral foundations of our culture. We also support the church. We want to be a leading organization in biblical worldview training for cultural transformation Thank you for standing with us in His image, delighting in God's plan for gender and sexuality. I loved it. I loved how biblically sound it was, all the scripture to back it up. The testimonies were very powerful. If it's a prodigal child that has just run away or one that's caught up in same-sex attraction, there's hope. 
in Jesus. In His Image is now available on DVD and can be purchased in bulk to pass out to friends and family. Order today by visiting afastore.net. You know, when Matthew 19, the, the scripture records a Pharisee trying to test Jesus concerning marriage, and Jesus responded, Have you not read that he who created them from the beginning made them male and female? And for this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. In the beginning, the first institution God created was the family. Marriage is the centerpiece of family. As a husband and father myself, let me tell you, marriage is absolutely wonderful. And we want to encourage and educate people to embrace God's design as the fundamental building block for all of human civilization and to celebrate the lifelong union of one man and one woman as the objective institution that produces human flourishing. Tune in to By Design as we explore God's true purpose and design for marriage. Just visit the podcast page at AFR.net. Father, I pray that they might be one. This is a prayer of Jesus from John 17 that we have to fulfill. God wants the church to be a reflection of the Trinity itself, one. One of the features of sin is not simply moral aberrations or rebellion against authority, but our own absence of unity. Wherever you find disunity, you find an absence of humility. And whenever you find an absence of humility, you find an absence of respect for the sovereignty of God and the holiness of God. That puts us all on our face. Unity rises out of submission to His sovereignty. This is Doug Small with Project Pray for OneCry.com. AFA at the Core podcast are available at AFR.net. Back to AFA at the Core on American Family Radio. Welcome back to AFA at the Core with Walker Wildman. I'm Rick Greenfield, and in for Walker today, I'm America's Constitution coach. You can learn more at patriotacademy.com. Patriotacademy.com. If you'd like to call in and comment or ask a question, the phone number is 888 589 8840. That's 888-589-8840. I saw a little piece of good news just now as I was scrolling through my news feed. It looks like the stay in Mexico policy, remain in Mexico policy, is going to be put back in place. It's a Trump era border policy. It's actually the most important piece of all of his border policies. The wall, obviously important, some of these other things, but the remain in Mexico policy is really what deterred the surge at the border because it it, it it basically deterred a lot of these asylum claims uh, that were false. And so it worked really, really well uh, when Trump implemented it. And of course, Joe Biden stopped it on you know day one when he came into office. And it's part of why we've had this massive disaster at the border. And it's a humanitarian crisis. I mean, it's ruining lives. It's awful. Um, and so anyway, the good news is that um, they are implementing it again, uh, Mexico and the very reluctant Biden administration. They don't want to, but the courts are saying you have to. And so here we go. That will help, uh, I think, uh, at least if it has the same effect it did when Trump implemented it. So a little piece of good news there. Okay, let's get back to the phones. We've got, uh, let's see, uh, Tommy in Tennessee, I think is next. I may have read that wrong, guys. Let me know if I got that. No, it's Bradley. 
could be Sandra. <laughs> Can y'all tell I'm a little bit new at this? All right. Who do we have? It'll be Sandra, Rick, from North Carolina. Okay, Sandra's next. I apologize. Sandra in North Carolina. Go ahead, Sandra. Um, yes, I was calling about the vaccine mandate. Um, and that lady that called earlier about Patricia, you know, I just pray that everything will go well with her. She'll be able to get rest. Yes, ma'am. But um, the thing is, is that we got to obey God rather than man. I just recently went Amen. through the same thing myself, being a private worker, and I've always said I'm not going to get those vaccines, and it came down to a job, and I'm trusting the Lord. And if I'm without a job, he will supply my needs. If not, I will still serve him and obey him. A lot of people just, it's a subliminal thing. I noticed when I go in um, uh, pharmacies and stuff, there are signs everywhere, you know, vaccines. It's, it's over the speaker. It's, it reminds me of, of that movie from the 80s, They Live, where they had subliminal messages. And that's that's what's happening now. And people just, you know, they started with the masks and now it's the vaccines and, you know, the booster shots and all this other stuff. So what's going to be next? But the thing is, we got to obey God rather than man. Amen. Amen. So right, Sandra. Good call. Thank you for calling in. I, I And I tell you, I'm the same way I hear the announcements over the speaker constantly. I'm I'm a little bit of a rebel, I have to admit. I, I Maybe I just have a problem with authority. I don't know. But when I'm in the airport and every time they make the announcement, this is a federal law that you have to wear the mask, whether you're you know in the airport or on the plane, it's like every 30 seconds or so. But every time they make the announcement, I hold up the the, the symbol from the Hunger Games movie of defiance, you know, the three fingers. And, the, and I just I don't know if anybody else in the airport realizes what I'm doing, but it's just my own little personal defiance. And uh, and I actually I refuse to wear the mask in the airport. I only wear the mask when when I'm the two times I'm forced to wear the mask is when I walk through TSA. Almost every time the TSA officer will say, have you got a mask? And I always say, yeah, I got one. No problem. But I don't put it on. I just say, yeah, I've got one. <laughs> and then if they say, well, you got to put it on because it's the law. Then I take it out and I ask the TSA agent. I say, hey, let me just ask you, did you grow up on Schoolhouse Rocks like I did? Do you remember the cartoons? Remember, remember the whole, you know, I'm just a bill from Capitol Hill, you know, where the representatives and senators actually make law, not from the White House, not the edict of a president, not a dictatorship, but a law passed through our representative houses. I say to the TSA agent, you're a law enforcement officer. You should know how a law is made. And then I put the mask on so I can get through security so that I can get to wherever I'm going. As soon as I get through security, I take the mask off again. And usually I'm the only one in the whole airport not wearing a mask. I smile at everybody. If I have the chance, I, if I'm checking out, you know, getting a pack of gum or whatever at the little little store, I just say, hey, I'd love to see your smiling face. Can you take your mask off? I mean, I just wish people would be willing to be human again. And then, of course, I have to put it on as I'm getting on the plane and then I eat for whatever number of hours it is on the plane. Anyway, I, I totally agree with uh, with that call. And, and we've got to obey God and not man. And I know it's tough. I, I mean, look, folks, I, I've talked to tons of people that have lost their jobs, um, that are being treated uh, incredibly bad. Uh, the things that are happening in the military are just ridiculous. I mean, it is they are purging our military of thinking people. Um, and, it, and it is a shame. It could end up being 10 percent of our Navy SEAL force. I mean, think about the readiness issue that we're dealing with, not because of people that are, you know, dropping like flies because of a virus. That's not happening anywhere um, like it did in 1918, by the way, with Spanish flu, which was 25 times worse than what we're dealing with now. We're acting like we have an Ebola or a smallpox or a Spanish flu or yellow fever situation, and we don't. 
Yeah, we absolutely do not. This is this is more like, um, frankly, Donald Trump was right. It's a bad flu, a really bad flu season. It's a little bit like swine flu, as bad as that was, and some of these other Hong Kong flu and some of these other things that we've dealt with over the last 50 years. Um, but it's not near as bad as Spanish flu or some of these other things where we never gave up our constitutional rights and allowed government to just pounce all over um, our individual liberties or take over our health care decisions or force us to, to, to take an experimental vaccine. I mean, uh, we have just become too easily manipulated. So do the studies yourself. I mean, do the reading yourself. Look at the data. Think about what your own risks are and then make your decision based on, uh, as uh, as Sandra said, what God says to do, not what man says to do. Uh, okay, let's see. I think we've got Bradley next, also in North Carolina. What is, North Carolina is dominating our show today. I think we need a quota for North Carolina North Carolinians. Is that the right way to say that, Bradley? Am I even close? Uh, you're supposed to say North if you're really from down here, but uh, anyway, <laughs> it, it, it's a low. You're supposed to put the R in there, the North Carolina. But anyway, uh, my question all right, all right, is, I got you. Uh, uh, my question is about the Fourth Amendment of the Constitution and the right to be secure in person, property, papers, and effects. Um, oh, why or why not? I mean, when I read the word person, secure in person, doesn't that give me the right to be secure in my own bodily autonomy? Like when it comes to trying to force people to take jabs? I mean, if I say no, that should be the end of the story, right? Absolutely should be. Absolutely should be. Uh, you know, and I think we'll see that in some of these cases uh, that I don't I don't know of cases in the past under other bodily integrity issues where the fourth was used. But it, uh, I absolutely would love to see that raised by um, some of these lawsuits out there. There, There is I mean, look, there is a proper local government power um, when it comes to health care in public places. And and so that's why we ended up with the Jacobson case in 1905 when smallpox was killing literally 30 to 50% of the people that got it. Um, and with something that bad, it makes sense to say, okay, if you're going to come into the public square or be on public transportation where it's crowded and all that, you know, that they, uh, that, that there's a mandatory vaccine. That's what the Supreme court said in that case. But then the Supreme court also said, absolutely for exactly what you just said, um, there has to be exemptions and you have to have medical and religious exemptions and all these opportunities for people to make that decision themselves. And so, Bradley, you should be secure in your person and your bodily integrity should mean something. I also find it interesting that some of the pro-abortion folks that were arguing at the Supreme Court this week in this very important Dobbs case that very well could overturn Roe v. Wade, the pro-abortion people were making the argument. They were even using the words bodily integrity. Hmm. wonder where they stand on forced vaccinations. Very good call, Bradley. Appreciate you calling in from North Carolina, <laughs> Meredith in Tennessee now. Meredith, how are you doing today? wonder where they stand on forced vaccinations. Very good call, Brian. Appreciate you calling in from North. Hey, Meredith, if you, if you can reach your dial, turn your radio down, and then tell me what your question is. Yes, hi. Good afternoon. Uh, I have a hey son there. who's in the military, and he was uh, told that they weren't even allowed to have religious exemptions, which I know that that's, that's wrong. They can't do that. But for every excuse they've given, for instance, uh, you know, it's not FDA approved. They keep telling him, yes, it is. And, and they give these long excuses and whatnot. So, and this is a lot of military members. Is it really true that there's nothing the military members can do, uh, you know, to, to not be able to be vaccinated? And is
we should be calling our senators and congressmen for. They know we're fighting a lot for the businesses that have 100 employees and whatnot, but should we all be fighting more for our military? Absolutely, we should. Meredith, I think it's one of the most disgraceful things our government has done. And our government has done some disgraceful things in our history. America's not perfect. We've done some bad things, no question. I'm not an apologist for a per perfect America. I'm an apologist for the principles of America being the best the world has ever known, and by comparison, being amazing. Uh, so anyway, the, the, the government right now, though, is, is literally turning on the very people that are willing to die for our freedom. So the very people that sign up and give the best years of their life to protect your freedom and my freedom, they're saying to them, because you have done a cost-benefit analysis and you know the science doesn't support this, or you've already had COVID so that your natural immunity is better than the vaccine would be for you, that we're going to kick you out of the military. A dishonorable discharge, which by the way, a dishonorable discharge, now that member of the military can't get a concealed carry license, can't get a job in a lot of places. I mean, it is horrific. And and not to somebody that's done something bad or wrong or evil, stolen or broken all you know rules or, or whatever it might be. No, these are good people. These are godly men and women in our military that want to protect our nation and we're treating them horrifically. This is it, it is evil. It is wrong. And the short answer to your question is yes, they can do something about it. Now what's happening right now, you're exactly right. All religious and medical exemptions are being summarily refused. They are not granting them to anybody which is incredibly wrong. Uh, and so there's some big lawsuits that are happening right now with tens of thousands of the members of the military on these lawsuits. Some of them are smaller groups. I know multiple attorneys that have, you know, a, a few dozen Navy SEALs and Black Hawk helicopter pilots and Marines and Air Force. I mean, it, it's every branch. It's, it's people from all over the military that are filing suit. And so they need to get, uh, and I apologize, Meredith, I can't remember if you said it was your son or, or, or someone else, but um, your family member needs to get a hold of one of these legal organizations. So if you go to patriotacademy.com forward slash COVID, um, you'll be able to connect with Liberty Council or Pacific Justice or Alliance Defending Freedom or First Liberty. Um, and these uh, wonderful organizations are representing a ton of our military. Uh, and now it's going to be painful in the meantime. I think a lot of these members of the military are going to go through, they, they may get discharged before we finally right this wrong. But the only way to right it is going to be to stay in the fight. And so you're 100% right, Meredith. The military members need to be in these lawsuits and we, the people, need to need to have their back. We need to be making the calls to our federal le uh, legislators, but also your state reps and state senators and encourage them to encourage their go your governors to fight this. I'm so proud of the Oklahoma governor who continues to fight against this mandate for the National Guard in Oklahoma. So he's where he has authority and 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 can and can provide leadership. He is doing so, and he's absolutely standing up against um, the uh, the the you know the Pentagon and the president on this thing. So good for him, Kevin Stitt. Way to go! All right, let's uh, let's go to let's see. We got John in Texas. John, of course, I got to know what part of Texas you're calling from, and then what are you calling about? Did you say John? Yeah. Hey, John. What part of Texas you calling from? Yeah, thank you. Plano, Plano, Texas. Plano, Texas. I'm from Wiley, brother. Went to high school in Wiley. Okay, good. Well, we, we need to hook up and talk about some baseball, but I feel for Patricia. I've got a background in medicine almost 30 years, and the reason people are wrapped in fear and depression, they're not surrendering their burdens to the Lord so they have peace in their life. They're not trusting, and their faith isn't what it should be. I'm not condemning Patricia, but for Psalms 
for Psalm 91, the Lord says that he protects his children against pestilence. So what's missing in the world, Rick, today is kind words, joy, laughter, and smiles. Well, I, I absolutely agree that uh, this this fear that we're allowing uh, to, to, to govern our decisions and our minds, that, that is at the heart of why we're in the problem we are. What is it, 365 times in the Bible, God says, do not fear. And, and it, it has consumed the nation, the world, frankly, and, and that includes the church. So you're exactly right, man. We need to be, in fact, we need to be declaring all kinds of psalms all day. My pastor just wrote a book, Psalms of War, um, literally going in and saying, hey, we, we need to be studying these things praying these things. Um, I've got a t-shirt uh, that says fear is not a virtue. And, uh, and on the back, it says, be dangerous, not be safe, be dangerous to the enemy, dangerous to apathy and an absolutely existential threat to tyranny. Uh, we've got to get that kind of mindset if we're going to defeat this stuff. And, and we got to have that against the enemy and tell Satan he doesn't have control over our minds. And we're not going to give in to that fear. We're not given a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. And that's exactly what John's talking about. Having that sound mind, knowing that God's got this, that he's in charge. I mean, whether you get, you know, uh, cancer or you're in a car wreck or all the other tragedies that could happen you, to you today, it's just like C.S. Lewis said all the way back in the atomic age, just because we found another way to die <laughs> does not mean that we should cower in fear. We should live our lives to the glory of God, make every minute count. And when death finds us, when, when it's our time to go and be with the Lord, that we can be joyful in that and not operate from a spirit of fear. So power, love, and a sound mind. I encourage everyone that's in the sound of my voice right now, pray that over yourself and your family, that you will not have a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. I encourage you to sign up at PatriotAcademy.com today, become one of our Constitution coaches, and be the catalyst for a restoration of biblical values and constitutional principles. It's free. We give the class away for free. We train our coaches for free. Check it out at patriotacademy.com today. It's been my pleasure to be with you today. I'm Rick Green, America's Constitution Coach, filling in for Walker Wildman. Thanks for listening to AFA at the Court. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.